0: Shumai, Kreysa, welcome and benvindo to a Club Peel Droids Cymru Premier podcast. This week we discuss the top of the table clash at Maestegid between Bala and TNS. Look forward to a weekend full of Cymru Premier fixtures and we've been getting to know Bruno Lopez, Kevin Druid's manager, and you can listen to his interview in this podcast episode. Enjoy. Shumai, it's me, Ivan Gwilym here, back with a Cymru Premier podcast on behalf of a Club Peel I'm joined as ever by Jordan Jones. Jordan, have you been keeping yourself busy? Yes, one of the busiest weeks uh,
1: to date, I think. Piled under university work and obviously the return of the Camry Premier, potentially the return of the Camry North and South. So <laughs> it's been one of the mm. including an international week as well. So uh, I've, I've been quite under
0: it. Right, well, yeah. Uh, me, myself, I've been speaking to Kevin Druids' new... Uh, the Portuguese hasn't had the best start of the season but they've had their first win now still well within reach of plenty of teams above them and it was good just to chat about his career so far and his first impressions of the league we've got that coming up we've got a full round of fixtures to preview as well but first, take two of Abala versus TNS we ultimately finished the same as take one in a draw just at this time the game actually did finish uh, a point each then, as TNS maintain their five-point advantage over Balla, and both teams inch away from Connor's key in third place. Uh, Chris Venables on 76 minutes cancelled out Ben Clark's opener five minutes previously. Ben Clark is on some fine goal-scoring form, isn't he? That's three from three for him. He had plenty of game time. Well, he had game time with von last year. How much has that helped his development, Jordan?
1: Yeah, it, it, it helped him massively. It seems he's, he's scoring goals off the bench. This is the source that he's giving uh, the new sense. Is that you don't really associate goals with Ben Clark's game? Um, l- looking at him before this, running this new sense team now, but w- when he's adding goals and he's putting good performances like that, I, I believe it was his first touch that he took and spell It It shows how beneficial it can be, perhaps sometimes, for the New Saints to let some of their academy players, some of their younger players, to go out on loan to a rival, but know that they're developing in the setting that they want them to. And it it works so well for them as they let someone like Clark go out on loan to Cynarvon, aside in the top six last season. He comes back and he's ready to be in that New Saints first team. And it just benefits them, really. It's giving um, a competitiveness to the league, that Clark can go out to a team and help them in their top six ambitions. We can come back to the new Saints and become a title-challenging
0: player now. Mm. Uh, the other goal-scorer, Venables, 11 in the last 10 games. Obviously, we've we've talked about his goal-scoring power a lot, but what I wanted to touch on is Bala have played 12 games this season, counting European ties, and he's played the full 90 in all of them, apart from seven minutes at the end of the Penebont game, when they were comfortably ahead 5-1 and he'd just received a yellow card and was getting a bit um, agitated. Um, That's a lot of football, is the point I'm trying to make, starting uh, with a lot of two games per week uh, at the beginning of that period. Is that showing that he's relishing the captaincy and that leadership role? Uh, How important is it that he's on the pitch?
1: It's a testament to him that he's being able to get through these minutes as well, is that he's one of these names that we associate now with the league, you have to build it around him. That's what Balor have done, and despite being plus the thirty eight range, despite being over thirty, he's he's playing regularly, and it, he's meriting that as well by his goals contribution, his assists, and just being in, in involved as a player. It. And it shows you've got you've got to credit him to how he's kept himself fit to be playing in these games so regularly and making such an impact as well. It's not, it's not like he's a passion, passenger in these games because he's contributing in every single game that he plays in. Uh,
0: it's no bad thing to be over 30, can I say, by the way. <laughs> um, on, on the results, though, um, which team is going to be happier with that point?
1: I think overall... Um... It's much of a muchness really. I think perhaps the New Saints have a bit more of a gap. And say for example they lost to Balor um on on the weekend. It would open her up a bit as a title race. And of course now we have the full league coming back. Um the New Saints know that the target is on their back because they they still haven't lost a game. So I imagine the New Saints slightly um but it still gives Balor a bit of a contention to go in that tight race, they didn't lose. They're not too far behind, and they they just got to hope from a slip up now from the New Saints. Whereas the New Saints know the, the the job in hand. Really, they know the task ahead of them. They just got to keep on winning. Got to keep on not not losing any games at all. And that that will be their ultimate goal: is to go as many games as be, as possible.
0: Mm. Well, up next uh, we go to the opposite end of the table, and and I spoke a little earlier to Kevin Druid's manager, Bruno Lopez. I really enjoyed talking to him. If you want to know more about Bruno, then listen on. I'm pleased to be joined today by Kevin Druid's manager, Bruno Lopez. Hola, Bruno. Como vai?
2: Hey, Hola. Tudo yes. <laughs> bem? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, and first of all, thanks for the invitation and, and thanks to, uh, to making the time to... Uh, to meeting me over the Zoom, obviously.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's good to have you here. Um, so the news came in September that you were joining Kevin Druids after a spell with Portimonense in your native Portugal. How did that move to Wales come about?
2: Uh, well, at the the offer to to, to join Kevin Druids. So at the end of the season, um, I made a decision of leaving Um you know, I needed a new challenge, needed a new, different, or a different challenge. And um, that came across uh, with uh, Jamie Digwood that was involved with the club before, and the chairman, Des Williams, they, um, they knew that I, was, that I was free, they made the invitation, and yeah, here I am.
0: <laughs> it's not been a, an easy time to move to a new job, a new country during this pandemic, but how are mm. you settling in in North Wales in general?
2: It's been great, to be honest. People are really nice to me, and uh, um, you know, obviously, it requires a little adjustment. The weather is a little, a little more colder than I, I'm used to, <laughs> but overall, it's been, it's been good. People are nice. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fitting in quite, quite well, to be honest.
0: What did you know about Wales and, and specifically Welsh football before you got the offer from the Druids?
2: Um, obviously, I follow football and. I I know the uh, TNS because they make you know European uh, European competitions Konaski uh, Bala um not much more than that but then when I got the offer and when we start talking about this I, I did my warm work and I asked them to um, to provide a, to provide me um a few games from from last season so I started doing my my warm work start start making my uh, my own opinions and um at the end of the day, it's a completely different thing because the team is a brand new team. Um, most of the players that we had last year, um, they left for different clubs or for different reasons. But um, at, the, at the end of the day, gave me uh, an idea of the league and uh, the idea of, of the football um, and the challenge I was, I was facing.
0: <laughs> Has the challenge been a bit different to what you expected once you started?
2: Uh, no, it's, it's all right uh we can see it too, from always for two different perspectives you can you can look at it as a problem or or as an opportunity and obviously the results um didn't come our way the way we wanted but uh it's been it's been great to be honest it's it's a different challenge different than everything i had before uh I and mean, I've been in a couple of different countries already but um it's been good it's just, it's a, like i said it's a challenge it's an opportunity for me to grow as well as a coach um to uh, to analyze the things from a different perspective, to change uh, or to adjust my way of coaching, or or to the to the challenge of or to the, uh, the 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 environment and the league itself and the club itself. So it's good. It's an opportunity for me to grow as well.
0: I was going to pick up on that the background that you talked about because. You're still young in terms of, of coaching but looking at your cv you've had a varied international coaching experience how how did you get into coaching because you must have started young
2: yeah i started back in 2007 so i was not a great player i was not great <laughs> so and back in the days i loved football i always loved football but i didn't like to run you know right. i didn't like to run for no reason uh, so Back in the days, you know, most of the coaches I had, they were into a lot of uh, fitness and running around the pitch <laughs> and blah blah blah. And I always thought, like, well, I, I want to play football. So based on that and my lack of ability to be a great player, I said, well, I'm, I'm giving up on this. <laughs> so I kind of quit football, but I want to still be involved. Uh, and then a friend of mine he took the UFC license. And by coincidence, I stopped by, with a, by the stadium and I saw him coaching. And I was like, whoa, that must be interesting. I'm gonna take the license as well. So the the, day after, the year after, in 2007, I took the UFC license. Um, I went to a local club and I say, hey, you guys need coaches. So I started coaching. I, I, was, I started as assistant coach on the U19 team of that local club. Three years later, uh, the head coach, which was, he is a great guy, learn a lot from him, you know, the, the man management that he has, the way is the relationship he has with the players, they build with the players. Um, he was a former professional, so I learned a lot from him. But three years after, in 2010, he got the offer to be the, uh, the first team head coach. So he went, he wanted to, me to be his assistant, but I was 26 at the time. And um, the, the, the president said he's too young. be your assistant in a men's team because they're not going to respect him so a little fight here and there and then i became the the u19's uh, head coach at the club we we uh, we achieved very good results for the club um the best results ever until today um and then three years after another three years after so 2013 i changed clubs so the same situation i was six years in that club three years as assistant coach Three more years as head coach, and I said, "Well, I need a challenge." So I left. The, the president said, what well, is about what money or what?" No, I, I just need something else. Mm-hmm. So I moved to the rivals in the city, but because they were playing uh, the, the national league, uh, the second highest uh, league in the country, so it was a good challenge for me. I stayed there one season, and then an offer came to uh, to become a professional football coach and going to the United States, and again. I just say, well, why not? Let's go. You know, I went to the United States, left everything behind, family, friends, your job, everything. I just got out of my comfort zone. But the reason that I did that was I didn't want to reach the day, you know, when I get home and say, well, if I did that different, my life would be different. So I just took the risk and say, I'm, gonna, I'm going. If, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't work out, I just come back home. So went to the United States, stayed there for three and a half years, got a lot of um, opportunities there. So I started as an academy coach, um, got out of my comfort zone as well, because I was used to coach U19s. And over there, I had the opportunity to coach U12s, U14s, u U14 14 girls, different as well. And then U17s. So basically, I coach throughout the academy, um, pretty much all age groups um and uh, I also had the offer to uh, to become the um, assistant coach on the men's team on the men's team after three months being there so stay there for three and a half years great experience worked with a very a lot of very good coaches, great persons, made a lot of friends. I actually uh, worked with an English guy Terry Nicholl. he played for crew Alexander back in the days um, his, his brother played for I think uh, Southampton if I'm not wrong I think Chris Nicholl. So learn a lot from them as well, or from him, from from Terry. So yeah, it's been like that. And then with the change of uh, of the new, um, with the changes of the um, of Trump being a president on the immigration, I came back to Portugal. I was taking the UEFA A license, and I met uh, the Portuguese assistant coach of two of them, and they invited me to be part of the coaching staff. So. Then I went to Portimonense as part of the first team coaching staff. Six months after uh, the U23 head coach, Luis Boamort, that played for Arsenal, uh, Fulham, he was the U23 head coach. He left for uh, Israel. He got an opportunity to go to Israel, and the president said, "Hey, Bruno, do you want to take it? you want to take the job? I was like, let's go." <laughs> so I combined for for those six months. I combined both jobs. So first team. Um, I was involved with the first team coaching staff and U23 head coach and then the year after so last year I just took the the U23 uh, head coach job let's say and then here I am
0: <laughs> um, so yeah during last season though yeah you took a few games in charge of the first team how was that because that is Porto is a first tier team in in a yeah. league that's got Porto, Sporting, and you did play Sporting in your game, one of your games, didn't you?
2: Yes, my last game was against Sporting. 35,000 people in the stands. Um, I managed to coach a guy like, you know, Jackson Martinez. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. w- when I was young, I was used to look at him and, on a TV and scoring goals for EPSI, Porto, Atletico Madrid, Colombia national team, and suddenly here I am coaching a player like Jackson Martinez. <laughs> he actually scored a goal against Sporting. We were winning 1-0. And then Jeremy Mathieu that played for Barcelona, he scored a great free kick against us. And and then the second half we conceded a home goal, so couldn't get a couldn't get a three point But it was a great experience, good level. We play Sporting, Blaneses, and the um, Highest level of football. I mean, in Portugal it's the highest level of football. You know, we are one of top six or top seven leagues in Europe. So very great experience for me as mm-hmm. a caretaker coach, obviously. Mm. then went back to the u 23 to finish the season and to uh, uh, be honest with you uh, eight of my players last year they are now in, a f- in the first team one of the guys the striker just scored a goal last weekend against uh, FC Porto so oh,
0: wow. very
2: happy for them very proud of yeah. them eight, of, eight guys in the first team three of them starting some of the games already the goalkeeper Samuel left back and then the striker so
0: that's I suppose job. that's more of a um, a sign of success for an under twenty three coach than it is to win uh, individual games, is it?
2: It is, yeah. Obviously, uh, is I it, think as a as a utility coach, you got to be able to to finish the, those players' development and to prepare them for the first team. You know,
0: there's, there's a lot of you mentioned academy work, uh, under 19s and the 23s. Youth development, obviously, a big factor in in your development as a coach. Is, is that something you've really enjoyed, and is that something you want to go ahead uh, with, with Druids or, or with any other job you take?
2: Being what, like uh, keeping Sorry, developing just, players and stuff?
0: Yeah, uh, giving young players a chance in in the first team.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, because I start young, and as you as you start, you know, you start a conversation saying that I'm quite young to be head coach, right? So I'm 36, and And back in in the past, when I was 26 years old, I was denied to be assistant coach on on the men's team just because I was 26. I believe quality has no age. And that goes to the players as well. If you are 19 and you are good, you got to play. If you are 20 and you are good, you will play. If you are 17 and you are good, you will play. And if you have a lot of cases of success, uh, Like age is not a key factor. For success or to be to be a good player. So for me, I really don't look at, at those uh, or those players' IDs. I don't care what the year they are they are born. If they are good enough, they will play.
0: With the Druids now, obviously, um, when you arrived at the Rock, um, did you did you think you'd arrived in the Estádio Municipal in Braga? Who's who's got the most impressive Rock overlooking the pitch? Is it Kevin Druids or Braga? <laughs>
2: Well, Braga is quite good. <laughs> the Rock, the Rock has also a nice atmosphere. There is a nice feeling about it, you know. But I didn't have the chance to, to experience the Rock with uh, with spectators, you know, with fans yeah. on the stands yet. Yet. So when we played Braga, uh, it was a few thousand guys in the stands, and it's really it's a nice stadium. Probably one of the most beautiful stadiums I ever been
0: so far. Mm. Um, so the Druids, obviously, the, the fans haven't really been able to to go and see, as you, as you said. When they do, what style of football can the Druids fan expect to see from a Bruno Lopez side?
2: Um, uh, the the thing we we expect from me is ball on the ground, build up from the back, trying to to have control of the game to control the game and control the game is different than dominate the game Uh, and I believe you can control the game for you know for 90 minutes I don't think any team can dominate for 90 minutes because here or there you lose that domination the other team will create a few chances but we want to control the game Uh, we want to have the ball we want to build up from the back we want players that are comfortable on the ball and and, uh, understand their um their their positioning um roles and 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 so forth that's, that's that's what i'm expecting attacking attacking type of football going forward um trying to create chances um, that you know that's that's what we're trying to implement here giving more um this the decision process the decision making process giving that to the players uh, instead of being for me so it's 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 hard it's hard to implement it's uh, it's it, it's a long process, a difficult process, because most of the guys are used to to being told what to do, and then when they mm. when they have the decision, that becomes a little bit, you know. Mm. So if the coach says it's A, you're gonna do A. But if if when you have A, B, and C, now you got to decide. <laughs> you gotta realize what what's the best decision at that moment. So that, that, that's that's a little difficult to implement, but we'll get there.
0: Yeah, well, well, looking at the table, you are bottom two points from safety, but with a game in hand. Um, I mean, these odd times, like we said, fans not being able to go and watch live games that means that really they've only got the table results and the short highlights that they do see to go on. So, how do you see the teams progressed on the pitch in the first few games? You
2: know, yeah, it's true. I mean, at the end of the day, when who cares how we play in? in, in I was I was about to say in ten years, but I'm gonna tell you in ten minutes after nobody cares how you play. That's the reality of it, you know, people they have, we we, all of us, we have a short memory. You know, we play well, blah blah blah, but Disney don't win. That's how it goes, especially in in competitive football. If you don't win, so realistic, being realistic, uh, you know, we 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 won one game and. And we tied under when we have four points bottom of the table that's what what everyone sees um in my perspective as a coach um that's completely different It's completely different uh, some of the games we played really well uh, we didn't manage to get the results um, <laughs> and tough life we gotta pick up things and and we gotta work on those things, fix some issues at the beginning of the season um we didn't have much time because like like you said, I came up a little late in September. The season was about to start. There was not a m- much time to, you know, to do a six-week preseason, for example, to, you know, to to, uh, to be in, in the same, or to bring everyone to the same page. So, short preseason. And then when the season starts, game on Saturday and Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So, basically, we're just recovering players and, and ready for the next one. Recovering, getting ready for the next one. Um it's our job as a coach to find a solution. And, and obviously, like I said, some of the games didn't come our way in terms of results, but the, the performance was there. The way we want the play are there. But when you don't win, then the confidence is not coming. You know, players are losing confidence. Um, so you got to manage that. And mm. I believe we are in a, I believe we are a, also a few inj- injuries we had before and players are now returning. Um, brand new team getting to know each other so brand new coach completely different idea so everything got to come together at some point it will come together at some point
0: yeah you you mentioned the sort of the time pressures that you've had arriving late your clip discussing uh, the international window or the the lack of raised obviously some debate among followers of the league you've just had an enforced break now so obviously not ideal how have you managed to use that time or is it impossible to be as effective as you'd like under lockdown conditions?
2: I'm glad you, you touched this point to be honest to you because that was um, out of context. You know, if you if you had the chance to see the whole interview when that was asked um, the, the, the way I came across was completely wrong. You know? So what I want to say back in the day every every other country they were having they had the international break. We didn't need any break. We just need time. Mm. So what was what i was saying we need that time we could use that time to recover players and to fix some of the issues you know to practice that's what i was trying to say obviously that came across you know, that a lot of a lot of discussion on social media and you know but obviously we, i'm really thankful that for for us to be in playing in this you know difficult times uh, and we feel sorry for you know tier two tier three three or four and so forth and especially for the youth for the youth programs and for the for the young guys that cannot play that's a tremendous negative impact for for all of them for all of us, and we are and 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 i'm thankful for us to be playing and so back to your question now they had a a forced break it was good to clear some you know being in in, we won that game in Carnarvon and then we lost at home. So back to that negative result, you know, creates frustration. So being able to get out of it, it was good to clear things, to fix and also to fix a couple of mistakes gave us that time to um, work on some things. So hopefully uh, now on Saturday, uh, things come our way.
0: Yeah. So you host Haliford West uh, on Saturday. You've had an opportunity, obviously, to see them in action twice over the last few weeks, because um, they've been one of the only teams playing. What are your thoughts on on playing them and, and that game on Saturday?
2: Well, they are actually uh, uh, doing, in my opinion, a, a very good uh, campaign. They are raising a lot of eyebrows um, you know with the results they are, they are getting, you know, playing the two games they played during this this, um, this break. They did really well came across very competitive um, creating good chances playing some uh, nice football as well so it's going to be a very uh, interesting challenge for us and against a good team that I believe well in well managed with quality players so it's going to be a a good game I hope
0: and the win obviously yeah obviously
2: obviously that's 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 Always. We, I, don't, I don't know any coach that's a uh, coach to, to not win. <laughs> so we all, we all want to win every game.
0: Well, uh, good luck for that game. Thanks again for, for speaking to us. Uh, it's been great getting to know you. Uh, Bruno, uh, obrigado. Obrigado, thank you. Jordan, now that all teams are back, uh, this coming weekend. Let's take a look at the upcoming games and, and we'll start with Bruno Lopez's side. Kevin Drew is hosting Haverford West. When we spoke, Bruno said he was impressed with what he's seen from Haverford West. How do you see that one going this weekend?
1: Yeah, of course, this is the first time these two sides are going to be playing um, against each other. They were meant to play on the opening day of the season. So perhaps um, it, it's something new for Bruno to apro- approach that game. He knows what Haverford West County are all about and Wayne Jones will know a Bit more on the Druids, but it means he can prepare for a new opponent because Half West has been playing with these two weeks, so he's allowed Bruno perhaps to do that scouting thing that Wayne Jones wouldn't have been able to do um, otherwise. So I think it's a case of that Half West have played very well this season, and it, it'll be interesting to see if they're more match fitness, if they've got better match fitness than the Druids, or perhaps the Druids might come into this knowing that they've had a a bit of a break, and these players now come into this being fresh, whereas half for West have been training still and playing. It's always it's a thing you have to juggle, whether match fitness is important or match minutes is important.
0: Mm. Uh, well, the weekend kicks off on Friday with Cardiff Met versus Aberystwyth and Carnarvon versus Connors Quay. Uh, Jordan, I think you and I both are going to be at Kinkoid. Met won Park Avenue on the opening day, Smash and grab is what I've heard. Uh, can Abba return the fever? I I think that they can,
1: and they will want a result. Um, but both of these sides, I think looking at the league table, is that Met aren't too far away from the drop, so they need to start getting more points at home, because we, we assume, we've of met admit, it, is they make it fortress King Coy campus, in a way, and is um, the old adage, the cliches, where... You, you you win your games at home and you hope for a, something additional on the road. That's gonna be what it is for Aberystwyth. They they want something they perhaps won't expect at King Cod Campus and King and Cardiff Met will want to win a win at King Cod campus. I, I remember watching a few years back in scory Tweet I remember Ruan um scoring late on against them. Mm-hmm. You know it was like really late on, but had played really well in that game. I, I do think that Aberystwyth do turn up at Kinkoy campus um, most of the time. I believe the last time these two sides played at Kinkoy Campus, campus, um, the goalkeeper got sent off, I remember, and there was a bit of a debate over it. So these games are always closely fought between these two sides, and um, Met obviously had the winning feeling against them on the opening day against Aberystwyth. And it's interesting to see how some of these fixtures have worked out, really, is that it, it's some of them uh played on the opening day, and now they're playing, if you will, on the new opening day of the season, and that mm-hmm. we back now after the break, and these teams get to play against the sides that they've already played against on the start of the season.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that Ruan goal. That that game was on um, was held on Remembrance Sunday, and and I do remember that game very well, late drama, because uh Abba would 2-0 down when they came back and win 3-2. Um the other game on Friday, the Canadavant hosting Connor's key. Nomads won the return fixture and they'll be desperate to get playing uh, again after seeing Balla and TNS play without them, won't they?
1: Yeah, m- most definitely. I think Connors Key wanted to offend that title and sometimes you want um, a games thing. where You want you want it two games in hand or something, but really you want points on the board and it'll, it'll probably... See, having Connors Key sitting at home, seeing the new Saints add a few points... Um, to their tally and moving the gap even further away from them. Honestly, players are going to be hungry going into any game to want to get that more points on the board. But it comes with a tough, tough trip to the Oval and against against a side that is has performed perhaps how, how they should be really this season. Um, it's that the Hugh Griffiths has, has started well with them. They're, they're not above expectations,
0: but they are where you, you expect them to be. On Saturday, the live game on Scorio is uh, TNS versus Barry. And we, both of us, we saw Barry lose on the opening day to TNS, but they've got a solid record at Park Hall. Can you see that continuing?
1: I, I think with the new Saints is the, and I've spoken in previous episodes, of how well they've been when we watched them. Um, in the lockdown fixtures, I, I do feel, and I remember watching them against Connors Key, it's that so sometimes now we're watching the new Saints and then they're not the best team in the game. Is the other teams are actually dominating the game. They're getting more opportunities and they're going toe-to-toe with them. Um, the thing with the new Saints this time round is that they are way more streetwise, but everyone finds a way. TNS always find a way to win in the teams that we associate with them under Craig Harrison, for example, and how successful they were. And then now I feel that's coming back is that the New Saints have that professionalism and, and they know how to get a point, perhaps when they've not deserved it or they've known how to get a win uh, when they haven't deserved it. For example, the Half for West game, Half the West, that was one of the best performances I've seen from a side against New, the New Saints at Park Hall. And so the New Saints got the victory but didn't really impress me as much. I remember the last game at Park Hall between these two sides, Barry got something... From it, you, you can never really write a side off, and, and and Barry have had a good run of form for themselves, and it's it's more of a case now is that they need to get a few positive results against the sides around them because they have, they have got victories this season yet, but that you need to be beating your Ballers and your Connors Keys, um, and your new Nuisances
0: to secure that European spot at the end of the day. Mm um one of those teams balla are uh, playing uh, home against Pennebont. we heard from Fries griffiths last week about their performances against Bala. the fact that you know that's the one team that's really had the best of them uh or in every game they've played almost what can Pennebont hope from that game I, I think for them they only lost 1-0 to Conner's Key
1: um early in the season and You've you've got to kind of like hope not not for a loss of that. You've got to remain competitive in those kind of games. And I remember, we discussing from Rhys Griffiths' interview how that that was probably the only game that really got away from them. And obviously, you and Lewis went to the game um, at the SDM Glass Stadium where you felt that Penabon competed, and that that's what you want really. Penabon will want to to at least compete in that game, and I do think they'll be at a disadvantage because they haven't been playing regularly. Um, over this last two two weeks. But it, it perhaps allows a few more faces now to come back on board. So, for example, Reese mentioned about Ian Traylor coming back now. So those two weeks that Ian Trailer may have been thrust into a game, um, that gives him a bit more recovery time. And then he might be able to be the difference against Bauer. And it, it's shown that teams can get results at my Taggart as well. If you look at Half West County getting that victory at Mice Tagged, that might provide Pennebont with a bit of inspiration to go to Mice Tagged and you'll get something as well.
0: And the last game, uh, Newtown versus Flint. Two teams needing to climb up the table, both on six points, 10th and 11th, only two points above Druids. Is this a six pointer? I, I describe it as a bit too early
1: to be a six pointer, and I think it's more that Flint needs. Um, a vi- victory, really, is that other than the opening day and the beating Kevin Druids, is that they, they haven't won a game. They've, they've lost all their other games. So for for them, being at home, they need to start winning again, really. Um, they, they need to get more points on the board. But we do look at Newtown, and we think that we've predicted big things for Newtown this season. And at some point of the season... Newtown have to start picking points, really, is that I remember speaking to Win and he said that Newtown are perhaps like kind of slow starters in the league. But we we expect Newtown to be challenging for Europe this season. So with, with Newtown challenging for Europe this season, they've got to start getting points against the sides they should be beating and they've got to go on some kind of run. So they're challenging for that top six spot.
0: Diolch Jordan for the chat today, a big diolch again to Bruno Lopez, and most of all, diolch and Vaur to the listeners, that's you there. Sat at home, in the car, walking to work, delete as appropriate. The Camry Premier will be back to the new normal this weekend, so a Club Hill Droids Cymru Premier podcast will be back to normal as well. We'll be discussing all this weekend's games, but until then, hwyl